Hi, welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. So a little bit of, what's the word for it? Like stage business, backstage stuff. Just, it's just the business. I don't know. Just lots of business. Will and Grace is coming back. Oh my God, you guys, we're so excited. They're coming back for at least 10 episodes sometime in the 2017, 2018 season. That's a lot sooner than I expected it to be. Me too. I thought we were going to have to sweat it out for like a while. But I'm really glad. I think uh, the election episode really, really was successful. I, I imagine from the producer side, that they were not expecting it to be even remotely as successful. Oh yeah, it was super successful, and I think that it's. I'm just. I'm so excited. I'm. I'm pumped. So we don't have any major details about it yet. We don't know what time period it's going to be in. Nope. Like, we don't know if we're disregarding the finale. We don't know whether Rosario is going to be there or any of the other. Excuse me. Or any of the other side characters. I mean, I know we've had a few other actors who've confirmed that they're going to be in it. So okay. like, hopefully, we can look forward to seeing more. Rosario. We don't even know when it's going to be. Like, it could be a ten episode straight through miniseries in yeah. the end of spring. We we don't know yet. But it could we, be like the Good Place, which had like a break in the middle. So yeah, so we don't know yet, but we know it's coming. So we're really excited. Um, we haven't decided how we're going to do it on this podcast right. yet, but when it gets closer, we will let you know. As we're soon as definitely we know. not going to get through. Six and a half seasons before the fall or the spring. Yeah, it just doesn't seem likely that we'll be able to finish it. So we may have to break our spoilers rule and have Mm -hmm. Matthew watch it along with me. Or, I don't know, maybe we'll just... I don't know. We'll figure it out. We don't know. We don't know yet, but we're going to do it. We are going to do the new 10 episodes. (laughs) So so. if you have any advice for how you think we should do it, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, let Um, us know in comments. Send us an email. Read at us. Maybe I can just like cover my ears when Tessie talks about it every episode. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Matthew will just sit there and like respond only to things I'm saying, but he won't know what I'm saying because his ears will be covered. That could be fun. It if that's be... what you would want. We can do that. Let us know. All right. Let's talk about the episode as it really is. All right. This current episode we're on, which is season two, episode 16. Hey la, hey la, my ex-boyfriend's back. Hey la, hey la, my ex-boyfriend's back. Jack and uh, Will have some great harmony in the episode they, where they sing that song. They do. It was quite nice. It's actually kind of nice that they're alluding to the title of the episode for once versus just, it just being like a fun Yes. Pine. Yes. I liked that. That was good. All right. So let's talk about the episode. Uh, obviously, it brings Will's boyfriend back. Her and, ex-boyfriend, that is. Well, not if Will has not say. <laughs> uh, let's listen to the summary of the episode. When Grace designs Will's ex-boyfriend's new townhouse, Will is forced to confront his unresolved feelings for him. Hmm. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I think that the only thing that summary misses is kind of Grace's initial resistance to doing it. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that later. I like this episode because I, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I have a lot of feelings about the fact that we've never been introduced to Will's ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, they were together for seven years. Yep. Um, it's his most important relationship outside of Grace, and we get nothing. Yeah. So this was kind of nice because we get some hints at like their past relationship. We also get mm-hmm. hints at Grace's past relationship with Michael. Yes. Uh, Will has this whole little discussion with her about like, Oh, you know, you guys were friends too. Like, you hung out. You were Buddhist for a week. You gave him mono in ways that I'm not. I'm still not positive. I understand. <laughs> That's an element of their relationship that I hadn't really thought of because yeah. it makes sense that they would be friends. Like right. they've been together for seven years, so exactly. obviously Will's friends are Michael's friends. And exactly. Vice versa. Like Will and Grace are so close that obviously if he's been with Michael for so long, Michael and Grace probably have to be friends, mm-hmm. or that relationship would have crashed and burned. This also reminds me that Will must have been like really sad and bummed out, like for like the six or seven months before Grace moved in. Yeah. Like. He's just alone in that apartment until mm. Grace breaks up with her fiancé. That makes me very sad. It's really sad. Now I'm sad that he's alone in the apartment anyways. Well. Well. Grace is just a part across the hall. I guess that's true. And she still has it unpacked. Right. As we see again in the opener <laughs> for this episode. 
So the setup for this episode is kind of nice because it's showing us Grace has an unpacked again. Yes. Which, obviously, there's a lot of baggage there. Right. Um, but it's fun because we get answering machine humor, which yes. I love. I miss I'm, answering machines. I do miss comedy. answering machines literally for answering machine humor. Right. So basically, like, Michael calls her and she doesn't pick up because she's unpacking her groceries. And the answering machine picks up and it's like... Hey, Grace, it's Michael. And she's like, scampers across the apartment to try to turn it off. I think they'd been grocery shopping. Right. Because there's that whole thing about, like, the produce guy as to who was hit- who he was hitting on. Right. And Jack and Will are arguing over, no, he was hitting on me. No, he was hitting on me. And Grace is like, well, well, he may work with fruits. He doesn't sleep with them because he gave me his number. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, then she's putting away the groceries. And, like, Will is starting to cross the hall to go to put away his own groceries. And then, yeah, she scampers across the apartment. She falls in a box at one point. Like, it's amazing. And so then Jack and Will and Grace all hear this message that are like, hey, Grace, like, I'm giving you one more chance to decorate mm-hmm. my apartment. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Such a bad idea. Ugh. I love that in that scene, Jack kind of acts as Will's anger translator. Oh, my God. I also love the, oh, my Go. <laughs> yes, I love that. It was very key and peel, the Obama anger translator. Like, Will couldn't get a word in edgewise because Jack is so angry on his behalf, which I like. I also like the bit where he's like, Will, it's okay, put your head between my knees. And he's like, I'll pass. pass. <laughs> oh. oh, man. But I like, but the- Michael's in this episode, yes. for real. Not just being talked about. And so he's getting played by guest actor Chris Potter. Yes. Who you were saying is on Queer as Folk. Yes. I think he plays Michael's boyfriend in season one, season two. Okay. I haven't watched it in a while, but basically, like, they get, like, hella serious, and Michael, like, moves off to Seattle with this guy, and then he crashes and burns immediately. Because, like, the guy has a son who, and, like, his ex lives in Seattle, so, like, he wants right, to be closer right, right. to his son. And it's, like, a whole thing. That's a bummer. But, yeah. So I've only ever seen him as, like, playing, like, the slightly older boyfriend to mm-hmm. Hal Sparks on... Folk. Well, that's kind of the role he plays here, too, in retrospect. Yeah, a little bit. Because um, he does seem a little bit older than Will, don't you think? Yeah, I think at least a little bit. Probably not, like, as significant as his age gap with Hal Sparks, because that was, like, later in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But right. I think it's interesting that he kind of seems, like, type-wise, as a more, like, an even more straight version of Will in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's a really, like, traditional burly man. Burly man. He doesn't seem very homosexual in mannerism. Uh, I did like the bit that he's talking with Grace about what he has in mind for like the powder room and he's right. like, I want it to be really butch and she's like, I think we should start with not calling it the powder room. I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was actually a very revealing line yes. because it kind of it kind of presents Michael as someone who's even more Will Truman than Will Truman. Which like, I didn't know was possible. Right, but like, but like think about it, like he's asking for specifically the powder room to be more butch. Like it, that's showing a an inherent gayness that's not being expressed on purpose and on accident. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that there's a lot of arrested development in Will's life that is mm-hmm. caused by that relationship. I could definitely see that because, like, let's just math a little bit. So this relationship is seven years. They supposedly broke up in somewhere in, like, the 97 Right. There's definitely some bad math in this episode. Yeah, but let's... They yeah. broke up a little less than a year before the premiere, whatever that is. Right. So, like, we can assume that, like, Will and Grace are at least 30 in the premiere. Mm-hmm. So, seven years, that's... He's 23. That's straight out of college. Right. Like, that's a long-ass time. Right. And it, it kind of... It recontextualizes the fact that Will seems to be still getting his life together. Because if he was dating this guy for all of his 20s, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, he's still in his 20s. Right. You know? Yeah, plus there's that whole, we talked about this a little bit, about mm-hmm. just in general, like, queerness making you feel like you're, like, starting later in life. Yes. 
Like, with Will not even coming out until college, like, right. he's probably, he, so he's really in his 20s in a formative sense. Like, right. he hasn't dated a lot of guys. Exactly. He still feels like he's making a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's not really able to be his real authentic self with. Because he doesn't know what that is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it sounds like we have a sense of what his authentic self is with Michael, because they make the joke, like, you know, Michael and Grace are talking, like, oh, does he follow you and vacuum up all the crumbs? Like, right. It doesn't sound like Michael was, like, keeping him from being himself. Right. But maybe that he wasn't challenging him. Right. It felt a little bit, like, just from the hints we got that this um, relationship between Michael and Will was a little bit odd couple-y. Yeah. Like, it was very, like, Felix, Oscar, like, nah, nah. We also, what I thought was interesting in this episode, didn't get a sense of why they broke up. We really didn't. And based on what we know, I kind of suspect it was just like a seven-year itch situation. Yeah, and I think we know that Michael dumped Will. I'm yes. pretty positive. We, we did get that driven home in this episode. We we knew that. Um, which makes sense. Yeah. It's frustrating to me that the episode happened at all, if only because we. this is like the latest in a string of episodes where Grace's personal life and her business life get really intertwined in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, um, yeah, because we were talking about this, reminding us a little bit of that episode in season one where Will kind of pushes her to design for Harlan. It's, it's very similar to that And then episode, gets yeah. way too involved and it's like a whole thing. So I feel like in this episode, it's, I think that Grace's initial like impulse, which was to say absolutely not, was the right choice. I agree. And I wish that she had stepped to her guns on that one mm-hmm. because everything is sad afterwards. Right. And, like, I get it that she wanted to design the apartment because she knows that Michael has good style and, like, right. be able to come up with something good. Like, and I like, get that. And they used to be friends, so I could see the impulse of, like, already designing it in her head. But I also, right. I think that her saying no initially, she should have just stuck with that decision. And I feel a little bit stronger about it once the reveal happens that, uh, spoiler for 10 minutes in this podcast alert, <laughs> um, Michael has a boyfriend now. And it's a long-term boyfriend. And they I think, are living together. Right. I think that really drives home mm-hmm. the fact that... She shouldn't have said yes because she right. knew I, that it would it would result in Will learning this. Right, exactly. Especially because it seems unlikely that she didn't know this once Michael like consulted her on. I the mean, that apartment. must be the pitch. I mean, like, but it's not what we get in the episode. He's been out of town for a while. He's just moved back to town, mm-hmm. and we learn that he's been dating this guy literally since two months after he and Will broke up. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, and I do want to talk about this a little bit because I'm not sure where it, exactly out of town he was because they just said he was back in Manhattan. So for all that. We know right. he could have just been, like, living in Brooklyn for two years or, or whatever, something. Yeah. Or he could have been, like, you know, in Atlanta. Like, we just don't know. But the setup of it kind of feels like either it's them moving back to Manhattan and they've been living together for some time. Right. Or they're moving back to Manhattan to live together. Right. But either way, like, this is, like, straight-up commitment, Phil. Like, right. you don't move in with someone if you're not, like... Like, if this episode was taking place ten years later, they wouldn't just be living together. They'd be getting married. Right. Like, obviously, they didn't want to do that because it's, you know, 2000. Mm. Yeah. You can't get married in Manhattan in 2000. Could you get married in 2000 in New York? Or in 2010? I don't know. I don't know the math on that. It's okay. pretty close. You can, get married, you can get married somewhere in 2010. That's true. And go back to New York. Um, I guess you could just hop on a train and go to Boston or something. Well, it wouldn't have been weird in the parlance for right, it a wouldn't gay have couple been... to be engaged. Okay, so like just to clarify, it wouldn't have been weird in 2010 if gays were married. Right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just got so caught up in like, oh no, when was marriage equality passed? How long do we have? Do you want to let me my roommate at gay conversion camp? <laughs> we can just pretend to be married. No, we will not be roommates at gay conversion camp. But we're going to get gay converted. Like if we at least pretend like we're gay converted already, <laughs> we might avoid conversion camp. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think that's how that works. I just mean like if my roommates are a bunch of girls, I'm going to sleep with them. Like <laughs> this is a terrible idea, Mike Pence. What if your roommates are a bunch of boys? I'll sleep with them too. That's yeah, fine. This is not 
You're gonna help them convert. I'm gonna convert everyone. I'm gonna just I'm a one woman converting machine. <laughs> you know, that would actually work great for you because your top demographics are lesbians and gay men. That's true. So going to a gay conversion camp is just like I'll you're taking the, the litter. I'll be weeding out the bisexuals right. with my pussy. You can help the gay men can be straight again. And you can help the women get their rocks off when they're trying not to be straight. Yeah. You're really, you're the secret weapon. I'm the secret. You will dismantle the patriarchy with your vagina. <laughs> I am dismantling the patriarchy <laughs> with my vagina. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't even Willie know. Grace, this is a podcast. Right, right, of course. Will and Grace podcast. <laughs> um, well, I think the thing that you've probably suspected from listening to us for the past 10 minutes or so mm-hmm. is that... This episode rings really true to us. Oh, yeah. This is like a point by point of like, I could literally see this exact scenario going down if like mm-hmm. one of my exes came back to town and decided that they really wanted some advice on feminism mm-hmm. and called Tess and were like, hey, Tess, could you give me some advice on feminism? And, and I'd be was, like, no. <laughs> but then I would hear her saying, like, no, you should give such and such advice on feminism. It would really depend on who your ex is because I haven't really liked any of them. <laughs> Okay, in a fantasy scenario where you did okay. like my ex. If it was one of your exes, the one that you shouldn't have dated, that I was friends with first, I might, had he not become a total douche canoe, mm-hmm. give him some advice on feminism. Right, okay. Right. So, <laughs> and, but like exactly the same sequence of events would have happened. Like, oh, yes. I would have, so the, the sequence of events that happens is that Grace takes the job, Will bumps into Michael. Mm-hmm. Will falls back in love with Michael because he's not over Michael. Because he just invents a vibe. Right. Which is like, if anything, it's a pity vibe. Yeah. It really read as pity. It, and, I did not read that as vibing. I read that Will as really, like... Will really uh, read that as sexual. Uh, uh, so then he goes over to Michael's apartment to accuse him of being in love with him. And yes. then, spoiler alert, Michael's boyfriend is not a mover. He is his boyfriend. <laughs> he is his boyfriend. And then Will is really mad at Grace and yells at her a bunch. Yes. Even though it's really unfair. So mm-hmm. that's what had happened with us. Yes, that would exactly what would happen. Like I can't think of any part of that episode that is different. Mm, nope. Like the me falling in love again. Oh no, that's absolutely you. Going all the way over to the apartment to declare my love. Like, to steal a clock. Without consulting you about it. <laughs> exactly. Stealing a random knickknack. You see, that was the thing that I found so like frustrating about this episode is I could I bought it so much, but I it felt so sad to me that he wouldn't have talked to Grace about it. I absolutely first. would not have talked to you about it first. No. Nope. But that's because you know that I would be like, honey. Yeah, exactly. Boo-boo. No, exactly. Child, baby, no. Like, no. She'll convince me that I'm not wrong, but I, I have to talk to my, my gay friend who's very self-involved. Ryan would not give you that advice. Though. Ryan would not give you On that advice. On the bright side, at least Ryan is not Jack. Ryan is kind of like anti-Jack. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like dark Jack. But whatever advice he gave me, I would still come to the same conclusion. Like, it's the exact opposite end of the polarity. Yes. So, like, I'd still have the same response to Yes, it. because Ryan would probably give you the same advice I would give you, which is, no, 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 don't do that. And you would be like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> And then you'd be mad at both of us. Yes, exactly. See, in this episode, Will's only mad at Grace. Yes. Hi, Ryan. You don't listen to this podcast, but we love you. The other thing that's weird about Will going over to Michael's apartment is that Michael's new boyfriend is the worst. Oh, my God. He's just so gross. I don't like him. He looked kind of like Will. It made me feel yeah, weird. He looks like an unattractive young Will. You know and what? I think part of it is just the way his hair is cut. That he makes also him looked a little bit like Hal Sparks. Like, maybe this guy has a type. Maybe. <laughs> It was just... I also... I feel bad for that guest actor because, like, they gave him a bad haircut so he looked just like Will. Right. Like, it was not ideal. And he also looked kind of greasy. Yeah. I think that might have just been, like, 2000. Like, hair gel was really in. Yeah. Like... He was the worst. I also didn't like his, like, little two that he gave Will. Yeah. Where he was like, actually, I do need to be here. Well, to be fair, he was probably 10 years younger than Will because it definitely looked like Michael traded up for a new model. Oof. 
Like, and Michael was older than Will to begin with, so. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Also, their apartment looked hideous. Oh, yeah. Continuing but... the trend of Grace Adler designs having terrible design choices. <laughs> okay, we're going to get into this more in a minute, but, like, Grace should not... How the fuck is she still employed? <laughs> like, how? how? Like, Why would Michael call her? Like... It was, like, all gray and stuff. It was gross. I mean, maybe we're supposed to assume that she hadn't designed in there yet. I hope so. But Jesus Christ, if she had... Ugh. And then Karen's involved, and it's just... Yeah, Karen makes a chair this episode, because okay. they need something for Karen to do. So Karen, like, comes to Grace. She comes in at afternoon. She's like, good morning. And she's like, all of my friends are doing things, and I want to also be doing things. So I've decided I'm going to design Michael's apartment. And Grace is like, no. No. <laughs> and then, like, 0% chance. And then Karen, like, just tries these, like, increasingly pitiful attempts to flatter Grace by, like, getting her cold coffee. And then, <laughs> like, at one point, she's like, honey, this blouse, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's, like, gagging her. She says it. And at one point, she's, like, even, like, caressing, like, Grace's face. She's like, just, you're like, a pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> you're a pretty lady. I like that. And, and Grace is like, no. Okay, fine. You can do a chair. Just stop it. So this is some good chair-related humor, but but it's, it's they just needed something for Karen to do this episode, right. which was funny. It just wasn't it wasn't great plot relevant, right? Um, but yeah, so Will marches over to Michael's place to mm-hmm. declare his love, and he calls him Mickey, which was weird. Yeah, that was weird, but mm. I guess that makes sense. Whoa. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't like it. <laughs> don't talk into Mickey Mouse voice when you're talking about Mickey. <laughs> But it was kind of cute that they had a little endearing, like, he had a little endearing name from Michael. Oh, yeah. It's gross. Oh, and the thing with the clock where he's just like, oh, it's the first thing we bought together after those I can't even think straight t-shirts. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. It's cute. No, no, no. But it was a gross clock. It was gross. I didn't like it. And he's like, the second hand is still broken. And then it was such a metaphor because then Michael was like, yeah, I've been meaning to get that fixed. <laughs> like, More like that was in the goodwill pile. <laughs> Just fucking tear out my heart. I will say that to Will's credit, if I walked into one of my ex-boyfriend's apartment and I saw that they still had something very sentimental that I gave to them, mm-hmm. I would not be unconvinced that they were not secretly in love with me. The boyfriend would have been a dead ringer, unfortunately. Oh, Matthew. Oh, Will. You guys just are such a scrumptious, delusional little muffin. <laughs> he uh, still has the antique broken clock that we bought together. Uh-huh. I mean, like, to be fair, Matthew, I still have shit from when we dated in high school. Like, I rest my case. It doesn't mean I'm still in love with you. I rest my case. <laughs> uh, we haven't really talked about Will's feelings and emotions okay. and sads yet. He had so many. He had so many sads. Yes, it was so many sads. Oh, the scene where he was like yelling at Grace, he was like almost in tears and it just mm-hmm. made me feel things in my feely parts and I didn't like it. it made me sad. Very sad. Because he just like storms into her office. Mm-hmm. Like he it literally gives the impression he goes straight from Michael's apartment to Grace's and office. And he's like, and I, and I wore the good jeans and just, oh. It's just, it's really sad because whenever we see Will come unhinged a little bit, it yes. is always sad. It's very sad because he's a very put together person. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, oh, it was just, it was so sad, and then, uh, But it makes so much sense that he wouldn't be over this character I yet. mean, yeah, because they were together for seven years, and Michael is clearly a, just, just a dickwad. Like, Christ right. on a bike, this man is an asshole. Like, right. 
clearly... Well, he's clearly moved on. Yes, he's clearly moved on. But it also seems like as the dumper, he was probably in the process of moving on while they were still together. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would explain, like, the expedited moving on process. As a dumper, I can definitely say that the you move on a lot faster if yes. you're a dumper. Because you already moved on your brain. Exactly. In your brain, you're like, I have to get out of this because I'm not here anymore. Right. Like, I don't know if I know anyone who's ever, like, broken up with someone and, like, not done that beforehand. The, I mean, have you done that? Were you broken up with someone you haven't already broken up with them in your brain? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, this is not how human behavior works. Like, you have to come to a conclusion, like, mm-hmm. days, weeks, months before you actually come to the conclusion. Right. You know? So, while two months is very quick, A, Michael was probably already planning to be him for a while. Yes. And B, he just picked up a new version of Will anyways. So, right. Like, so, like, I would be flattered, mostly. Yeah. Kind of like that ex of mine who's now marrying someone who looks a lot like me. Mm-hmm. It is nice that Will got to be the more attractive version of Will Truman. That is true. It really, like, brings home a lot of the upper episodes we've seen where they've mentioned Michael. Mm-hmm. Where we get, like, glimmers of what we see in this episode, but it never really mm-hmm. comes to fruition. Yeah. I really love that we finally get to see some of those feelings and emotions, like, really explored. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, we could have spent more time with them. Right. I almost wish that we'd gotten less Karen dicking around with the chairs and more Will just having feelings. But again, this is a sitcom, so right. I guess... But yeah, I just, I felt really bad for him. And then there was the scene where he was like just in his sweatpants, just like staring off into the like middle distance. Right. And then Jackie's like, hey, I brought you a new boyfriend. And was <laughs> like, no. And then Grace comes over. She's I like, wrote in my notes that I didn't think that was actually a terrible idea for Will. <laughs> it became a terrible idea when Grace revealed that that was the sailor that Jack brought her when she broke with her fiance. Yes. That was a little iffy. But like not knowing that, I've been like, well, I mean, okay. Like if you're going to hand deliver... I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. If someone, like, hand-delivered me someone just for sex, I would feel icky about it. Like, it's not like they're getting paid. Like, they're just interested in having sex with you. I mean, are they, though? It didn't sound like he spoke English the way that Jack was treating him afterwards. You don't have to speak English to be interested in sex. Don't be such a xenophobe. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying (laughs) that, like, they could not communicate properly to get consent. They could communicate with the language of love and also nods for consent. I suppose. (laughs) But, like, you couldn't understand the questions the other one was asking. Like, you'd have to basically be like, hmm? Pointing at their dick. <laughs> and then pointing at your mouth. And then they'd be like, mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, sex charades sounds really fun. Oh, my God. Describe sex charades. <laughs> sex charades. <laughs> this is great. We just invented sex charades. I'm not saying that nonverbal consent doesn't work. I'm just saying a language mar- barrier makes it more difficult. I see your point. But on the other hand, I want Will to get laid as revenge. <laughs> Is it really revenge, though? Like, this guy's moving in with another dude. I don't think it's revenge so much as just, like, for his own well-being. I think it's just, like, having some dignity. (laughs) Oh, dignity. That wasn't in this episode. Dignity, revenge, or second cousins. That sounded like a traditional Belarusian say. (laughs) I would like to apologize for anyone (laughs) listening to Matthew's... (laughs) Belarusian sayings. Belarusian sayings. So, the the last thing in this episode that I like, and I... I don't know if I like it quite as much as we've been talking about it, but I like it still, Mm -hmm. is when Grace comes over, she apologizes, but also she's talking to Will about how he is actually hard to get over. Right, yeah, because Will is just like, oh my god, like, I'm obviously so worthless that, like, you can get over a seven-year relationship in two months. Right. Because he's not thinking about, like, factoring in, like, he's probably been over you for, like, a while before that. Right. Um, But, so, I liked that. I liked that Grace, like, came over and brought him, like, some chocolate and was just, like... Like a really gross cake, yeah. It was a really gross cake. Like, I would have gone with ice cream, but whatever. The cake Um, had a lump in it. Yeah. It was thin. It was, I don't it know. It was weird. But anyway, so, but she was trying to do the nice thing. She brought him chocolate and she's like, no, obviously you're not hard to get over. And he's like, how would you know? And she's like, 
but I would know. Like, right. you wanted to raise, I wanted to raise the kids Jewish, you wanted to sleep with men, mm-hmm. like. I thought that was interesting because it really, there was a lot of good acting on Eric McCormick's part in that scene mm-hmm. because I liked how he was, like, really captured in his own head. Like. And then as soon as she said that, it, like, stopped him. Yeah. And he, like, recalibrated. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I did think that was nice. And I also thought that it was really nice to remind us that, like, Will and Grace do have that backstory because mm-hmm. we haven't really seen it much yet. But we are going to see more of it later. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, they were together. They were dating. Like, Grace, like, legitimately was in love with him. Mm-hmm. And it was just unfortunate because Will was real gay. Right. That's a bummer. Real gay. But it was nice to see that. It was, it was a nice way to ground him in yeah. their relationship. Of being it like, was nice to see the relationship used for grounding versus for dramatic conflict. Yeah, I liked that. And I also liked this, like, the bit where she, like, puts her arm around him and she's like, look, like, if I hadn't eventually gotten over you, like, we wouldn't have this, like, really wildly inappropriate boundaryless relationship mm-hmm. that I value a lot. Right. And it's nice to hear some of the characters say that because yeah. so often on this show, in this season, we've seen how the relationship having no boundaries and being really codependent has been a problem for them. Right. It's really nice to finally see an example of it being really helpful for them. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. How long did it take you to get over me when we were dating? Well, I was the dumper, so mm. I don't think I should answer that question. <laughs> How long did it take you to get over me? Uh, it's hard to say because then I dated an abusive fuck afterwards, right. and then it sort of, like, set me back in the getting over you Right, right, right. So, like, probably all together, like, a year. Okay. But only because I, like, took, a, like, a three-month, like, break to be with someone who was, like, objectively, like, a monster. Right. So then once I was out of that, I was like, hmm, yeah, I'm still sad about that. <laughs> Damn it. Now I have emotions again. Damn it. Emotions. What are those? You know, they say that it takes you half the relationship to get over someone. Well, we were dating for almost two years, mm-hmm. so that does make sense. And that's been my experience in every other relationship I've had. Really? Just about. I suppose like, you were the dumper with the last one, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, the, it still took me about six months to get, like, really past it. I guess. And I'm still a big drama queen about it sometimes. Yeah, you are. What about you? No, I'm always the dumper. Uh, <laughs> so you're always over it. You're like, always you. Th- you're the only. You, it is. It is still half the relationship. Matthew, but yes. you're the only person who's ever dumped me. <laughs> <laughs> I win. I win. Yeah. No. I don't know. I'm just a callous, heartless person. So I'm always like so mentally out of the relationship at the time. You I actually ended. like you in your brain. You some complex characters to figure out. Okay, like if I'm going to break out this relationship at halfway through, I, mean, I have to be over this relationship when I break up with them. So where's the halfway point in my whole relationship? Math that, and they like move the the variables. So it's like oh, okay, man. I have to start not caring about this person today, so I can be over them by the time I break up with them in six months. That was really awkward because the last person I dated, I legitimately tried to break up with them like four times, and they just like would like con me back into not breaking up with them. Wow, wow, it was wow, really wow. unfortunate. Oh, like Grace a couple episodes ago. Yes. <laughs> what? Ha- by the way, what happened to that guy? Did they break up? And they broke up. I don't know. Thank God. I hope so. <laughs> if he comes back in the next episode, I'm gonna be pissed. Ugh. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to us. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you are not harboring feelings of love or resentment for any of your exes. Mm-hmm. But if you are, always have your friend interior decorate for them, and that will bring it all to the surface, and you can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Even like spring if cleaning. Even if your friend initially says no, browbeat them until they do it. I love browbeating my friends. Me too. <laughs> all right, Tess, can you tell everyone where to find us on the internet? Yes, I can. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Not A Couple Show. Um, on Tumblr, we are www.notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com You can also find our show notes on Medium. You can send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com and we post our shows on Mixcloud. Woo! Mixcloud! 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll be back next week. Yep. With more Will and Grace. Hooray! Uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben, not a couple. Bye bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Yeah. Hi, Eliza. Will and Grace is coming back. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Karen Walker's Chair Designs. Happy to find you the perfect chair for all of your child abusing needs. <laughs>